0: of the weariness will referred to a few things today that Dedicated on uniformity. And that uniformity is never a work of the Spirit. God has no intent to produce uniformity. No place in the Bible is there any biblical principle demonstrating God's intent to produce uniformity? It is unity out of diversity that demonstrates God's ability more than any other single thing among us. And... uh, as we begin to reach that place, uh, we're going to be—we're going to see God trust us with things that we have—that's beyond our imagination. Honestly, we're going to begin to see that, experience that, and uh, this format is a little different than what you're used to. There isn't a schedule that says so and so is going to start at th- this time and. End at this time, and then the next person's going to start here and end here, and whatever. And the difficult thing is, and I know the Lord is Alpha and Omega, and it's really easy to find God at the beginning. And I know it's really easy to find God in the end, but I've been trusted with the middle. And it's really hard to find God in the middle of something easy to find God in the middle in the beginning easy to find God in the end of something but it's hard to find God in the middle of something and uh, you take what's been left you and try to make sure that you're finished in more than enough time that the next guy has all the time he needs and whoever knows what that is especially when there's catfish or frying one building away difficult but there is a place of maturity that's happening even if this is your first time here in this particular meeting you are tapping into a place of maturity that was demonstrated even yesterday as people lingered and tarried and waited on God as God helped them. So often we lose. This is what I'm doing right now. I'm explaining to you what I'm doing. So often we lose the benefit of what we just heard. Because time hasn't been provided in these kind of meetings. To allow for the afterglow of the word. There must be time. For the afterglow of the word. You know. I'm not a farmer, but both my grandfathers were. and I'm a city boy. World War II made me a city boy. I'd have been raised on a farm otherwise. And I don't mean to be offensive by this at all, but thank God for World War II. In that context. But I know the few times I've had an opportunity to plant something, it's one thing to stick a seed in the ground but usually the garden or two I planted a garden one year as part of the Boy Scouts and uh, I know I was supposed to put some water on that seed and part of the reason for putting water on a seed that you put in the ground is not because the seed necessarily immediately needs liquid but there is a gentle compaction that takes place by the water that's poured around that seed. You can't, if you put your foot on it and stamp it on there, you put, you, there's a pressure that takes place. You don't want that kind of pressure. But if you pour water in the area in which you just planted that seed, the water causes a gentle compaction to take place of soil around the seed, eliminating all those gaps so that the seed comes in contact with the soil so that it can receive maximum benefit from the sun and the water as the seed becomes what it's supposed to be, what's programmed into it. And there there has to be time spent after a word like this goes forth to allow the spirit, which is the water, to gently soak into our souls and provide a compaction Around the word so that that word ceases to be Brother Shatwell's; It becomes ours. God has spoken to me. I receive that as mine. And rather leaving and talking about what a great message or what a great thought or what a wonderful revelation. We leave thinking, feeling, I have received something that I can nurture until it germinates in my life and produces something through me. So I'm going to ask you if you would just raise your hands one more time. And before we go on to the next part of what the Spirit is doing here today, if you would give the Holy Ghost just a little bit more opportunity to water the seed and provide the compaction in your soul that this word would be yours and that faith would cause it to germinate and that you would go home and allow God to be God and do this. My Lord, the Holy Ghost is in this place. My, 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 my. Ita koshata bahaya. Ite yesu kie kalaratata bahaya. Ye kie kalaroboko rota rata bahasahaya. Shekie kie lo loboho sanana mahaya. <laughs> Hiala moko shata bahaya. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. He taha lomo moco satata bahia. He kalarata bahasaya. Ye kie kalarata manahaya. Ye kie kalarata bosatabahaya. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God hallelujah hallelujah
1: say, the Lord, I've spoken to you. I've given you keys to unlock your cities. I've sent you there to Judgment, but mercy, I say unto you, I am your God, but also I am the God of mercy, and I desire to reach them, and I will reach them through your compassion, through your love, through your kindness. Show them my love. Show them my compassion, and you shall be full, I say to you, my children, that I, the Lord, have seen me. And I am working great works, and I desire to give you a harvest. But I say unto you, change your methods, show the love of my spirit, and they will come to you, and they will flock to your assembly and to the church that I have called you in, and also that I have called them to come into this day. I say to you,
0: Most of you don't really know me very well. The only thing I can do that's effective is listen to each word and sentence and repeat that as faithfully as possible, not adding to or taking away from that. And so if I don't ever get to the thought that I felt like I was supposed to cover today, so be it. I am not trying to piggyback on Brother Shadwell's message. He and I and Brother Morgan have worked together on... Many occasions. We don't compete with each other. We try to complement. We try to find the flow of what the Spirit is saying. And if you listened to yesterday, you didn't hear three messages. And we've been working long enough together that you rarely ever can even distinguish one from the other, even though the thoughts in their presentation may be different if you listen closely. There's really three parts of one message. And so just I just said that just a little bit to let you know what I'm about to do for a while until the Lord says do something different. Um, some of you home missionaries, not just home missionaries, but I'm going to address you and others will accept it as they allow it to be applied to their heart. I I remember going to meetings when we were just starting. and I was so green when I went to Annapolis. I didn't even know I was so green. I didn't know I was green. That's pretty green. I I didn't know what to do. I just knew God could do it. That's all. And uh, that I was going to go let him do it. I had learned a few things. I had learned... Uh, how to do visitation, I'd learned how to do spirit-led visitations, what I call it. I'd learned how to pray and let the Lord speak to me and lead me to a door. I'd done that on numerous occasions. And so I went and, and, and we did that. But I'd go to meetings and uh, I, in the beginning I, I thought I was going to learn things actually, I found out that the primary reason for going to meetings like this is not necessary to glean some new thought and it's certainly not to get some new methodology. But after Jesus went through his trial in the garden uh, of prayer that was the trial. That's where he died. The cross only proved he died. He did not die on a cross. He died in the garden in three prayer meetings. Medically, he died on the, in the prayer meetings because when they put the spear in his side and out came blood and water, medically that proven that he had ruptured his heart in his prayer meetings, which sealed his fate. That was the cause of death. And the fact that blood and water came out of his side proved that the blood, his heart had been bleeding for so long that the blood had coagulated and separated into its constituent parts, the red red blood cells and the, uh, the plasma, which looked like water. He died not on the cross. He died in the garden. The cross only was the outward demonstration of it. But after he had gone through those three prayer meetings and settled it between him and his father scripturally the Bible says that before he faced uh, Judas and the mob the angels of the Lord came and strengthened him listen to me I want you to look at me in the eyeballs here now the Greek word literally means Inspirited him. It wasn't a physical
1: strengthening
0: he received from the angel, it was a re- strengthening of his spirit. The angel inspirited him. Now, we know in his deity that in him was God. He was God, manifest in the flesh. So what what spirit was inspirited? Well, because he was fully man, body, soul, and spirit, he not only had God dwelling in him, he had a human spirit. And that human spirit can become spiritless or exhausted and needs to be inspirited or renewed in its strength in the spirit because biblically... A person who quits and gives up gives up because they become exhausted in their spirit. Not the Holy Ghost. God doesn't get tired. But you get exhausted in your spirit. And so this is what the Lord is the underlying thing what what God is trying to do here. You don't have to leave here with some new thought. You don't have to leave here with some new idea. You don't have to leave here with a word of direction, even though we all enjoy a word of direction. It helps us. You do need to leave inspirited. And that's an impartation. And every man of God that has been in this uh place of ministry and that will be before this meeting is over with have been chosen by the leadership of this meeting because of their inability not in the word but because they have a proven ability to impart strength to your spirit you must choose whether or not to allow that And if you came here with so many troubles that you're a little angry with God and you've got your guard up and you're not letting that happen, you need to take your guard down. Well, how do I know that an angel has come to me? Well, I guess Brother Shatwell's not the only one that's going to be called upon to get out there a little bit. So, I will officially announce to you I'm stepping out of the boat. Thank God me sinking's not dependent upon man but God. Job four fifteen makes this statement. If you put it on the screen, I'm paraphrasing it, you can read it in detail. That a spirit came to him, and the hair of his flesh stood up. We call that goosebumps. We read the context and find out this was not a demonic spirit. If you read the context, which I don't have time to do, you will find this was not a demonic spirit. It was one of God's angelic spirits. Now I'm going to rock your little traditional Pentecostal world if you live there. You have never felt the presence of God Physically ever. God does not man his man, man, man uh, manifest his spirit to us physically. He manifests his spirit to us here in our spirits only. What about all this stuff we feel? Isaiah 63 talks about the angel of his presence. Our Pentecostalism state, when we have a particularly good service, God is here. Well, of course he is. He fills all space. He's here whether you acknowledge it or not. Feel it or not, etc., etc., etc. But on those times that God wants to manifest His presence, He uses His angels to do so. This causes goosebumps. Why is it critical? understand that because some people have left the faith in their incredible immaturity not because they haven't been around long but because they never grew up and understood anything because they've gone to places that didn't preach the truth and felt the same goosebumps and assumed god was there And if God is here and blessing here with the same feeling I had in my church, then what they preach must be okay with God. How does, when Paul said that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, how does he do that? And when you're following a feeling rather than the spirit you're open for deception. That's why we don't pray to angels. That's why even if an angel from heaven tells you to preach some other gospel other than Paul preached, he's a ghost and so are you if you follow him. We don't follow goosebumps. That's not God. Neither do we follow miracles because Thessalonians 2 says that the wicked one is going to come with miracles and lying wonders. We follow two things that Satan cannot, cannot masquerade he cannot he cannot tell the truth and the word is truth and he cannot imitate love he cannot he can produce false miracles he can produce lying sensations that those who have called that God and believe that's God can easily be deceived by. Do I enjoy the manifestation of His angelic presence? Yes, I do. But we know that Isaac blessed Jacob instead of Esau based on the feeling rather than the voice. The voice told him it was Jacob. The feeling told him it was Esau and he chose feeling over the voice. And consequently, those of you that are feeling-oriented Pentecostals, if you have not yet experienced deception at times in your life, you are a prime. Candidate. This is the reason the scripture says, "Try the spirits," because not every goosebump I feel is God's angels manifesting His presence. I mean, excuse me, but I feel goosebumps standing, looking at the American flag with my hand over my heart while the Star-Spangled Banner is playing. Is that God? Is that God? I get a catch in my throat and feel goosebumps when I see a a heartwarming scene between two people. Is that always God? So when we judge a service by how much physical there is taking place and how much physical feeling we're having, Oh, we are so off base. All of that's good as long as it's not equated as God. Hallelujah. You see, I'm testing what I said to you earlier about how far we've come. So the point being made here today is that God is. You know God's trying to help us with some things. He's trying to He's trying to guard us, test the spirits. How do I How do I test the spirit? In order to effectively test the spirit, it has to be my goal in life to put as much word in here as I possibly can get, because the only way I know whether or not something is God is when. Everything I feel and everything I think I hear is compared to what I have put in here. And if there's any click, glitch, if there's any blip on the screen of my piece as I compare those two, there's pause, there's hesitation, They're saying, well, okay, let's, let's check this again now. And now let's check this again. And if I get two or three blips when I'm comparing what I'm feeling or hearing with God that's not God but if I get one blip I'm going to have to have two or three positive searches of total peace in that search where there's nothing that comes to me contrary to the word I had a man say to me one time We apparently had a similar burden. It appeared to me on the surface that we had a similar burden. And I had a vision to do a particular type of meeting, and I I desperately wanted to do this meeting, but I did not believe the meeting could be done alone. So I'd been waiting for years for someone who would commit to do the meeting with me because it was a new kind of meeting. There was a meeting where there was no format, no schedule, no pre-renounced preachers trying to get back to what our forefathers did back in the early part of last century where they waited on God and let the Lord say, so-and-so's got the word, speak it. And, of course, we don't believe that can be done. That's why we write out most everything we say because we don't know how to trust anymore. And if you do that, I don't know that you do that, so I'm not picking on you. But that's not the way they did it when they saturated their lives with prayer and they fill their hearts with word. And I was sitting preparing. We were preparing for the first meeting together and I was sitting, sitting with this brother and I said to him, we were discussing some guidelines we were going to set because there's no way to work together without some guidelines some things that are agreed upon in advance we will do this we will not do this we will agree to go here but this is an area we will not go into we won't do that and and out of the while we were sitting discussing this he says to me I really appreciate you being willing to let me work with you well I knew he was had a reputation as being a man of the spirit and there had been a couple occasions where God had used him with me in the church that I pastored so I had heard some things but at that point in time I judge a man by what I know about him not what people say and so and, and I felt the Lord was directing me to work with him and so I I decided I was going to do that and uh, I was going to take the risk because I felt directed to God to do it. But we're sitting there and he said to me, I'm really glad you're letting me work with you. And I'm thinking, okay. And he says, because I know enough about you to know that you're a word person first before you're a man of the spirit. And so I know that you... Never do or say anything that you're not absolutely convinced is in accordance with the word. He said, I I really need someone like you to work with because I'm not like that. If I feel something or hear something in my spirit, I do it immediately and ask questions later. I've got to be honest with you. I almost backed out right then. because I don't trust people like that at all because there's no biblical basis for doing any such thing people that do that if they're not deceived it's only a matter of time but we'd already set the meeting up and it was already people coming and because it was in our church and I knew that my people were spiritual people. I taught them to seek God and to learn to discern in their own spirit how to test the spirit and I trusted them. And, and I had worked on this diligently over the years, trying to put as much word in them as possible and trying to get them to understand how to discern for themselves. And that's a tough thing, see, when you feel to invite somebody to come and you don't know them as well as you thought you did and they get in the pulpit and and they start off on some tangent and you people just sit there with their arms folded. It's a little embarrassing when you know you're not the only one that's just read, oops. When you look at those faces and they love you and they trust you, And they know you were just trying to do the best you could. But they see the oops on your face. And they've got oops in their spirit. And so we all are very polite and respectful until this meeting can soon get over with. And we won't make this mistake again. So I trusted them. And we had a good meeting. We had a good meeting. And we had a couple of more good meetings. But it wasn't long. It wasn't long. Till it went off in another direction. And I said, love you. Appreciate what you've done. But we, we are not working together anymore. Because anything I'm a part of, it's going to be word first. And if we can't find it in the book... So I've got an advantage over a lot of you. Yes, I was born in a UPC church, but my dad was in the Navy. I've I've attended churches in California, Tennessee, Florida, Virginia, Maryland, Rhode Island. Not one man ever claimed me as his saint. I was just a kid in a military family. You take what you can get out of military families, you know that not gonna be here long so you don't feel any responsibility. So I had no mentor, I had no teacher, I had no pastor, had a UPC heritage and got to see an awful lot. First of all, let me tell you something. Some of y'all shock at what you call liberalism. Give me a break. One more time. I went to church in Florida, Tennessee, California, Virginia, Maryland, and Rhode Island. And when I graduated from high school, I cannot tell you that I remember ever hearing a message preached against TV in any church I pastored. Give me a break. What wasn't, it wasn't this extreme conservatism back then. That's a new thing. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Brother Dylan, come get rescue me. I need to get out of here. I wore shorts as a Holy Ghost-filled apostolic until convicted by God Himself at the Naval Academy with no pastor. I went mixed bathing as a Holy Ghost-filled UPCI person until God convicted me in the latter part of my four years at the Nail Academy, all by myself with no church in town and no preacher to call. There wouldn't have been one to call anyway. Give me a break about all this stuff you feel like is whatever. Because <clears throat> what the convictions I've got, I didn't get them from somebody that taught them to me and I never questioned Questions I... convictions I've got I found in the book by myself for myself and I'll die for them and I'm not letting anybody disparage my convictions I got mine out of the book not from somebody who was following somebody's teaching who was following somebody's own personal convictions they turned into doctrines woo praise I'm not letting anybody discredit my walk with God because I don't dot all your I's and cross all your T's. And tell me all of this stuff has always been, let's talk about our heritage. I won't even begin naming the names of those pastors because most of them you will have heard of, including California. Give me a break. Where do we get off with this stuff? I talked to you about hunger yesterday. I believed I was going to give you part two of it today. But the man of God has tapped into a vein of the Spirit here today. God is desperate to explore. desperate. God is desperate. I have an advantage. I can look at the word objectively without fearing I'm betraying my daddy or my pastor or somebody's doctrine or dogma or whatever. That makes me a dangerous man. (laughs) Because unfortunately I've learned to use my brain and think a little bit rather than just repeating what was said to me years ago that I'm not willing to think about because I'm afraid it'll discredit somebody. I'm going to repeat what the man said. There is nobody in this room that believes our message stronger than I do. I got scars on my face from a beating I took for this message. While well, I stood with my hands by my side and the guy beat me in the face till he couldn't even hold his arms up anymore. I spent four years someplace being persecuted for being a Christian to the point that I know what persecution feels like and it's no big closer than when his people are willingly with a right attitude suffering for his name's sake but we don't know anything about persecution because we keep all of our spirituality inside of a facility and rarely do anything but shine our standards anywhere else praise God praise God Somebody needs to go get Brother Dylan. I don't want to be in trouble. This is his place, his his meeting. No, no, I mean it. I mean it. I am submitted to the authority of this meeting. I want you to get him. He needs to be in here because if he needs to sit me down, I am submitted. There's not a rebellious bone in my body. Hallelujah. Praise God. God. I can take you to the spot in the building where my firstborn received the Holy Ghost. And out back of that building, because there wasn't any room to have a baptist in it where we had a horse trough where we baptized him at seven years of age. I can take you to the place in Malawi, Blantyre, Malawi, Africa in a building that we helped raise money to build where my youngest son received the Holy Ghost at almost five years of age standing on the front row with the African assistant superintendent of the work with his hands on his head. He just started praising God at five in a worship service with songs being sung that none of us even understood because the presence of God was so strong. Uh, The spot where my second oldest grandchild received the Holy Ghost not too long ago at age six in a chapel service in our school led by her dad. and, And the place over on the left side of the high school auditorium we've been in since our building collapsed where my oldest granddaughter received the Holy Ghost just about a year ago. Has become a very special place for me because my oldest grandson, third oldest grandchild, received the Holy Ghost in children's church here last night. When How did we get so far? How did we get so far? Well, where did this hardness come from? Where did this total loss of compassion come from? Where did it come from? I, I've been at this all my life. I, it just kind of snuck on me. I, it's not, I don't remember it being like this. How did we get here? How, how did we Get here. Who's going to have the guts, the courage to refuse to continue to participate in it? Where is that going to start? When is that going to start? What is it going to take? for all these walls we built up that we can't aff- we can't afford to be real with anybody come from how many men have backslidden and are lost today because they had to keep their facade up because there was no There was, Brother Foster, there was no place. There was no, they had no place they felt like they could go where they could just tell somebody they were struggling without being judged. How, How did we get here? And are we really willing to stay here? Are you willing to stay here? Are we so afraid of everyone? everybody else. That we can't be real. God have mercy. I'm a million miles from where I thought I was going today. But I refuse to live the rest of my days with any entertaining anything that I will not see God do what I've given my life for believing He was going to do. I refuse. I refuse. If that means I'm not going to be good enough for you, You'll just have to answer to God for that yourself. But I will not allow the hard hearted, judgmental spirit that characterizes much of our movement right now to keep me in a box. I'm not leaving the word. But I'm leaving fear of man's opinion. I'm not staying here. I don't, I'm not turning my card in. I'm not giving up my friends. I'm giving up fear of man for fear of God. I'm giving up fear of man for fear of God. I have God. I, I owe it to my sons I owe it to my grandchildren living and yet to be born to let them be to live in an atmosphere where God can be God I have two sons who have awesome ministries but you ain't never heard about them because I've done a good job of keeping them as hidden as I can and I will continue to keep them hidden because I wanted their ministries to grow up in a place where they could be accepted and become who they were supposed to be without all this negative stuff They got stuff to give. But if they don't ever preach any of these meetings, it'll be fine with me. I don't want them to have to get the scars I've gotten. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? Well, Howard, my God, I love you, you know that. We've been good friends for a long time. When I first got to Brazil, and I began to feel the stuff the Lord was telling me about you and the ministry that God had given you from a young man, that you had let that this exact spirit squash and suppress as a missionary underneath good men who were themselves bound not by truth, but tradition. Oh, how grievous that was. But the courage that you've shown to free yourself by the help of God from the shackles of that To be the man of God that God has called you to be. I so greatly admire that. I so greatly appreciate that. Last year in the altar service in which Brother Stone King ministered in General Conference, God led me to four men, none of whom were my buddies or friends guys that I knew, they were my brothers, guys that I had known from a distance and loved, but all men who were notable men. And with fear and trepidation, I made my way as the Holy Ghost led me from one to the other. One of them has been in this meeting And I, and I laid my hands on those men, two of whom didn't really hardly know me at all, and the other two barely knew me. And I began to t- tell them what the Lord was telling me. And in almost every case, it was basically this. There's hungerings and thirstings in your spirit that you're letting your so-called friends keep you from allowing God to express through you and you've lost your way you have no direction your life is in confusion and you're trying to hide it because you don't know anybody to talk to about it and you're filled with fear because you're afraid if you begin to follow those things you're seeing and feeling you're afraid those guys who call you and you call friend will abandon you but I'm telling you even though you and I don't really know each other the Holy Ghost says he's ready to fulfill these things he's put in your spirit and you need cast off the shackles of the fear of man and become the man of God that he's called you to be every one of them thanked me with tears streaming down their face, I haven't talked to any of them since until this meeting and that's only one of them, But not one of them have called me not one of them followed up on that I wasn't trying to start a friendship, or a bu- I was just trying to obey God But you know what I left General Conference with a feeling of? How many men of God are in that same situation today? Guys that hunger, they really do have a hunger after God. That are feeling things and seeing things in the Spirit that are so amazing that it's almost unbelievable to the point the devil is telling them it's just their ego. It's just their pride. And then fear comes because they, they see that if they do these things, they're going to be alone. Put my scripture on the board. I'm going to use it, but not like I thought I was going to use it through desire a man having what's the word? I'm sorry brother but that doesn't have anything to do with standards. It's talking about a man who says to God if I have to be alone if I lose every acquaintance I want everything Brother Travis, I didn't really know you for us to sort of come into these meetings. But my God, the connection we've had in the Spirit. Not because we dot all the same I's across all the T's, because we have a similar hunger. We want to see God. I know you do. I'll never forget the message you preached on revival. And your desire to see revive. I, I, I remember that message frequently because I. It's so. It's not always easy to find somebody you can connect with in here. You know, you know. It's one thing to play golf with somebody, and I got guys that are preacher friends. We we can talk football together. I can talk football. I, I, there are guys I can talk baseball with. I'm not a fisherman or a hunter, so, you know, I, I, I can listen to you talk about that. I just recently, after 12 years of wondrous liberty, once again took the burden against my will of being on the district board as a prester again. In the first board meeting, they were casually talking about three major problems that had come up in the last couple of years. I sat there. I didn't know anything about those things, Brother Travis. I mean, major stuff. I looked at those guys. I said, you don't know how good you're making me feel. They looked at me like they thought I was crazy. I said, I've always known I wasn't a gossiper. But if this stuff was going on in this district, and this is the first I've heard about it, I I know I'm not a gossiper. Because gossipers don't even bother to call me and try to tell me that stuff. You know who the people are I talk on the phone? Somebody calls and wants to tell me what they've seen in the Word lately. He wants to hear what I'm saying, And we'll preach to each other an hour or two on the phone, going back and forth. Get off the phone just as charged up as you can be. Not feeling dirty and defeated because of the latest problems come out. But absolutely on fire because there's somebody I've connected with. Somebody's searching and I'm searching and we're, we're just trying to help each other a little bit here. If you don't have anybody like that in your life, you don't have any friends. You don't have any relationships worth worried about losing. I said it and it was kind of strong, so just to make sure they know I meant what I said, I'm going to repeat it. If you don't have anybody you've got a relationship like with like that, you don't have any friendships worth worrying about losing. Because anybody that would treat me as a garbage can for the latest news, they're not my friend. Anybody wants to sit around and talk to me about their problems with the leadership, Give me a break! Not one of those people's ever finally gotten leadership. Did a better job than the people that were in there. I was visiting Brother Barnes last year, and uh, I asked him if i could come see him. He said, "Well, since you come, I want you to preach for me." And I said, well, I didn't call you for that. He said, "Well, I'll come anyway." And I, said, I came. And he picked me up to the hotel, take me. In. He said, "Do you know how great?" The faith you've got, and I'm, i I'm I'm, 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 there. I'm, I'm, I'm. This, oh, praise God! This is about to be. This is what I came looking for, and I'm getting it. When I first got in the car, he said, "You know how great a faith you've got." I said, "No, nope, I'm hoping you're about to tell me." He said, "I am. You're riding in a car ridden by a ninety, driven by a ninety-one year old man." didn't tell him that thought had already crossed my mind what is it that's attracted people to brother Barnes all these years Ooh, uh-uh. you love the kingdom you love the work of God you can be the most nameless preacher there is He picks up in your spirit a desire for God. He's got time for you. What is it about that? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Can we just pray here for a minute? Can we pray for a minute? I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. God's trying to help us here. Jesus' name. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God, my God. My God. My God. My God. My God. There are men and women of God in this room that need to be unshackled. You need to be delivered from the spirit of fear of man. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Anybody I call a brother that their what they would say about me is going to control what I do or think or how I follow god I, I'm acknowledging that's not that brother's not under the influence of God. He's under the influence of an accusing spirit. Because I've sat at the table and heard him accused before. And I've thought to myself, I'm never going to let him give me the chance to do that. So I just make sure I go along to get along and say what he's looking to say. Because he's a man of influence and I don't want him preaching about me. Uh Uh-huh. Well, well, well. Oh, God. in Jesus, come on, we need to pray. We need to pray. Is there anybody here whose hunger for the things of God is so great you're willing to, to shrug off the shackles of the fear of man? God said, Jesus Himself said that I've got to choose between fearing God or fearing men. What are you going to do? What you going to do? Come on, come on, come on, we're praying. What are you, you going to do? What you gonna do? Are you so afraid to let a new convert sit on your seats and have time to work through some personal issues so that it can even can even can even desire to want to be separated under, under the Lord because of what somebody's going to say that you're willing to send an eternal soul to hell because you don't have a few days or weeks or months to give somebody an opportunity to fall in love with Jesus? Come on, would you be honest with yourself right now? Would you be honest with yourself that there are some people you won't have come preach when you got some new people there because you don't want them to see the people till they get them till you get them lined up. I would never have a man like that in my pulpit. Under any circumstances, any time, I don't care if he was my blood brother, If I got to be so afraid of my harvest that I can't have somebody come preach for me because I don't have it all fixed up yet. God, come on, come on, come on. God's trying to do something in this place today. This meeting, God's trying to do something. in This meeting, this meeting has had a continuity in the Spirit, unlike anything I think I've been in a long time, Brother Dylan. I don't, rem- I don't know if I've ever been in a meeting when there's been such continuity of Spirit from every person that's had any opportunity to minister. Every song that's been sung, everything everybody said. What is God trying to do? What is He trying to do here? Do you believe you're here by accident? Are you here out of curiosity? Or was there a hunger that brought you here? What was it? This isn't the biggest meeting in the UPC. And if these precious, precious old missionaries hadn't been able to be enabled to be here, look how small the crowd would be then! go to the book you'll find God always did his deepest work in the smallest crowds we look for the big meetings with the big crowds but you'll find God doing his deepest work in the smallest crowds why 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 because if you're going to start a fire you don't do it with logs and you don't do it with kindling you have to do it with tender you got to have the kindling and the logs close by. But you got to find a little bit of tender that's really responsive to the slightest spark. Is there tender in this house? Is there tender in this house that would respond to the slightest spark of the Holy Ghost? That a fire of revival built on the Word of God and the love of God would be in this place You know, fire is contagious. If we could get the real thing burning here, if we respond to the spark of the Holy Ghost and the real thing could be burning here, look how many people would be touched. Every one of us would become a brand out of this fire that would
1: spread this fire.
0: In Jesus' name, come on, let's pray. In Jesus' name, I take dominion and authority over every demonic spirit of accusation, judgmentalism, and fear that it tries to intimidate and hinder the work of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I command each and every person in this room right now to be set free in the name of Jesus. I bind this spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be loosed. In the name of Jesus, be loosed. In the name of Jesus, be set free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You spirit of intimidation from man that uses men and their ignorance and in the hardness of their own heart to bring intimidation. I bind you in Jesus' name. It bind you in Jesus' name. Loose this people. Loose their minds. Loose their hearts. Loose their spirits. Loose these ministries. In the name of Jesus, be loosed. In the name of Jesus, be free. Be free to, to whatever the word of God and the spirit of God is directing you to be be free to follow truth and not tradition be free in the name of Jesus 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 in the name of Jesus, come on. Come on. You came here knowing you needed something. This is what you need. You need to be unshackled. You need to be let out of the opinion out of the prison of man's opinion. Your ministry needs to be set free. The word of God in you needs to be set free. The vision God has given you needs to be set free. The ministry and the Holy Ghost you have needs to be set free. In the name of Jesus be set free. In the name of Jesus be free. Not to have a belligerent attitude to go out there and tell people, I don't care what you think. I do care what people think. I love my brethren, but I care what Jesus thinks more. Not to leave here with a haughty attitude of saying, "We don't. You, I, what you care? I don't care what you're thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving you behind." No, 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 no. I don't leave anybody behind. But I want to have a christ-like spirit that they can see in me, and so that conviction can come from God, not me, that somehow that they can be freed from their own fears, because every hard spirited person, my friend, is a person who is imprisoned by they're afraid of their own failure they're afraid if they're not hard if they don't police their people in holiness that that, that, the slightest little open they're all going to compromise I'm telling you something I'm not afraid of going back because this isn't something I'm doing because you think it What I live, I live because this is between me and Jesus. He put this in my heart. I'm not living in fear of going back. So I don't have to be hard on my people until they have a chance to get that same thing. I want them to have this, Brother Dylan. I want them to love Jesus enough to live the way they are supposed to live. The way he tells them to live, not the way I do. Means I'm not good enough to come to your church, so be it. If that means I'm not good enough to preach your meeting, so be it. I started with nothing and no reputation, and it seems like I've spent all my life opening my mouth and destroying whatever little reputation it might be there. But I know one thing, Brother Foster. At fifty-nine, with not knowing how many years I got left. If there's any vestige of the fear of man left in me, I want it out. I want God completely free to do or not do anything. All right. I want you to put your hand over on somebody's shoulder, male to male, female to female. I want us to pray for one another. I want. Is there some way you could communicate to your brother that you will accept him, as long as he doesn't leave the truth. Now, I know we all have a different definition of truth. We only agree on just a very few basics. But there's any way you could fall in love with me enough to know, to trust me that I'm a man of the word, and that I'm not leaving the word for you or anybody. Come on, could we pray for one another? Please pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray. God's trying to do something here right now. This isn't what I planned to do today. This isn't what I thought was going to happen today. But this is the will of God. God is doing His will today. in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus He kala ra 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 bota sata hi kala ra 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 bokorabata hi ya la ra 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 botata hi la mana la ya la iki a na 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 la la ta Hallelujah. I am not declaring my independence from the authority of God exercised through those that I am submitted to. I am submitted to the structure and the authority of that structure that I'm a part of I'm submitted to it and I'm going to stay submitted to it it's not the, the structure and the authority that we fear no, 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 no no, it's not the district superintendent we really fear it's not our presbyter we fear it's all of those brethren nameless, faceless, they and unfortunately in some situations they does have a face I'm not preaching independence. There's a man from this district that I love. I love him. I've tried my best to minister to him. I thought it had worked. That I just, I just heard two weeks ago. Didn't know this. Had no idea. He left the district. Left the truth. Told somebody. He talked to me about it and I said I agreed with him. That's a lie. That's a lie. You hear me right now. It's a lie. Do I love him? I love him. I still love him. Am I praying for him? I'm praying for him. I don't know what happened. I haven't talked to him in almost two years. I don't know what happened. And I don't know why he dragged my name into that. Am I upset with him? No. I love him. Worse things have been said about me than that. I'm not declaring my independence from authority. And I'm not declaring my independence from the Word of God. But we've got to declare our independence from the fear of man that's put upon us by suspicion and accusation. You know what? The strongholds of this spirit in our movement, they don't ever call you and get the facts before they start talking. No, they don't. No, they do not. They don't ever call you first. They don't do it. They do not. They talk, and you know something? If they happen to find out later they were wrong, they're sure not coming to you and apologizing for it. And they don't go back to all the people they badmouthed you to and say, hey, I I got further information. That was inaccurate information. I don't know if it ever happened. It may have, but I have no knowledge of it. And I'm gonna live in fear of that. I'm gonna live intimidation intimidated by that. I'm gonna let that dictate my life, tell me what to think, how to act, with the world going to hell and a God desperate to touch them? Oh God the Lord's not through here today but I am my part's done can we pray one more time Jesus name